Welcome to Weird Norfolk. I'm Shifra from the Norfolk Folklore Society. And I'm Stacia from Weird Norfolk. Uh, today's topic is the Egyptian mummy at a Great Yarmouth school. <laughs> so, as usual, a few apologies to make. We're both doing this on off, like, our notes are on our phones. So you might get that weird little... A bit crackly. That's not our pacemakers. Just try and ignore it, but... Printing is difficult mm. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. So we're just going to have to go with it. It's mm. fine. And when we say the curse of the, Egy- the great Yama's mummy, we do mean an Egyptian mummy, as in mummified, not as in somebody from Egypt who's a mummy, <laughs> don't we? Well, they are, I guess. <laughs> right. Mm. Would you like to begin, my dear? Yes, please. So... It was the curious case of a mummified Egyptian princess and a curse that befell a great Yarmouth school after a midnight burial. In the early 1900s, the school next door to Great Yarmouth Minster received a special gift which had been found in an elaborate tomb in Egypt, the mummified remains of royalty. Taken from their original hot and dry resting place, mummies struggled in the damp climate of Europe and so it seemed was the fate of the Great Yarmouth Mummy. Soon after the gift arrived, a bad smell began to waft through the building and, after a search for the stench, it was discovered to emanate from the casket. When opened, the contents, allegedly an Egyptian princess, were found to have rotted and a decision was made to bury the wrapped corpse in the next-door churchyard. It was buried at midnight, the grisly contents tipped into a hole in the ground. The casket was resealed and returned to its place in the school. Soon after the dead of night burial, the vicarage and St Nicholas's Church began to be disturbed in the night by knocking sounds on the doors. When the tapping noises were investigated, no cause could be found. People walking through the graveyard at night began to hear the eerie tapping and the police began to increase their patrols to look for pranksters. Rumours began to circulate that a mummy's curse had befallen St Nicholas. You thought I was going to keep going, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm enjoying this. I've got my cup of tea, I've got some biscuits, and I'm having a story Do you want a bit more then? I think you should just carry on. I'll just carry on then, okay. Um, so the, the smell that had plagued the school returned and was again traced to the casket. Keen to dispel whispered theories of curses, the schoolmasters decided to put the issue to bed. They reopened the casket in front of the whole school. To their horror... They realised they'd mistakenly left behind <laughs> one of the princess's arms. I just can't imagine it on Bail. the school stage. Yeah. Oops. Like, yeah. Look, just, we're going to prove to you. Oh. This arm just like yeah. falls out. Okay. And the curtains go across the stage quietly. <laughs> Panicked, they rushed the missing limb to the graveyard, removed the earth from on top of the burial site, and reunited it with the other remains. The knocking stopped. Whether fact or fiction, the tale has entered Great Yama's folklore. And there remain those who claim tapping can still be heard at midnight in the churchyard. It would be a matter of years until Norfolk was linked to another mummy story, this time one that captured the imagination of the whole world. The discovery in 1922 by Norfolk man Howard Carter of the tomb of Tutankhamun. That is a tale, isn't it? It's such a, such a good one. Like, such a good I've... one. I think I've known about this story before, like, even before we were doing Weird Norfolk. Yeah. Like, I think when I first moved here, this is, like, one of those stories that you get told. Yeah. And, uh, it's a really interesting, it's a, it's a great story. 
I've done quite a lot of research on this in the past to see if I could find out if there's anything truth to it. any truth to it at all because I feel like at the time obviously like the whole like we've said like people were fascinated mm. by Egypt and like the Egyptians and I was gonna say the Romans then <laughs> I know that's not them it. too them too but and so I really felt like this would be documented like not not necessarily the the ghost the curse, story the yeah. curse but the gift but the gift because it was like would have been a massive like mm. a massive deal for a school to be presented yeah. with a with a like an authentic mummy mm. but there was just absolutely nothing and i know even though we didn't have a specific date i thought it would be like unusual enough i for... do wonder if this would be because even at that point it was beginning to be seen as quite controversial to be mm. taking artifacts from egypt didn't mm. stop us obviously we no. did we did more of this in years to come um but in some circles it was being seen as quite controversial to take this this mm. stuff from egypt the homeland mm-hmm. and bring it here but it was a huge trade yeah you know i think we um i can't remember if we used a picture with the story but there are archive pictures of of kind of street hawkers with mummies standing mm. next to them um that they were just selling so on I the street so i was like i was quite interested in to, like knowing how many um mummies there actually were because i thought oh there must be like quite rare like because people probably yeah. had to be quite rich to be yeah. mummified there was actually an estimated 70 million mummies were made in <gasps> egypt over the 3000 years of the ancient civilization oh my 70 goodness. million that's a lot. That's not it? just like I, I don't think that's just like human mummies. I think that involves like cats and um like is it kestrels or, yeah. or some kind of the hunting birds that were like really important to them. So but it's a huge amount of mummies. So actually there were a lot of them kicking about. So maybe It does like... seem slightly more likely, doesn't it? And and of course it was seeing relics like this that enthused Howard Carter in the first place mm. when he was going with his dad to paint a uh, Swaffham so, Manor. I was going to say that was in Swaffham, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was following his dad, who was a really renowned painter at the time. Did he actually live in Norfolk then, or was he... He did. He was brought up in Suffolk, in Suffolk, in Swaffham. Mm. He was born in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some kind of slightly shady area. I think he was quite a sickly child, so he was okay. kind of sent to the country. And he um, he would live with his aunts mm-hmm. there. You can still see the house. And, but his dad obviously was around because he came and he was a, a kind of landscape painter and a painter of horses in particular. Mm-hmm. And he went to a, he went to Amherst, wasn't it Amherst, as I recall? The house near Swaffham, mm-hmm. which is now sadly no longer because it had the biggest private collection of Egyptian mm-hmm. artifacts, artifacts outside of Egypt, I think. And, he was allowed to wander through this kind of private museum, mm-hmm. seeing all these incredible artefacts, which had obviously been completely ripped from yeah. <laughs> Egypt and brought there just to the highest bidder. And that was how he became so excited mm. by it, Egypt. It did, it did cross my mind, like, whether he was the mysterious benefactor, but I haven't really looked into how old he would have been. I don't know how old he Too was young. when he discovered too young for that i fear oh. but it could be that what you mean the chap who owned amherst well they, they... oh no i thought i wondered if it was howard carter that but it could have been the chap who owned amherst. it could have been yes because and, and why, but why give it to that particular school i guess it hadn't been open very long so the school opened in 
Hang on a second. Let me scroll through. I do quite like the scrolling. It was, oh, it was Lady Amherst of oh. Diddlington Hall. And Diddlington Hall is kind of one of Norfolk's great lost treasure houses. It was, mm. it, it was, you know, when you list the ones that we've lost that you would just die to see now, Cossie Hall. Mm. Um, Diddlington is probably above that even um, because it had, it was huge. They spent a vast amount of money on this place that they never even really used. Mm. They kind of had orangeries. They had a monkey house, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and they had this big Egyptian egyptian place with sphinxes outside mm-hmm. and oh god knows what it was an incredible place so that's what i was thinking so the school was opened um in 1852 and we think that the the mummy was kind of donated to the school in like the early 1900s so i guess the school i don't know it'd been open for like 50 years so it's not like it was like new it just no. seems like why that's well like you wonder maybe i mean so carter arrived, first arrived in egypt in egypt in 1891 um and and he was doing kind of he was doing stuff that was quite basic then he was mm. basically drawing the valley but of he the probably kings. still had access to mummies yeah so right this is my new folklore for this okay, story right that uh howard carter was friends with the reverend henry henry mckenzie who'd opened the school and he gifted that's how he got it that's my that's new that's the them. new well, I mean, we did have that. We did have those two big connections to Egypt. We had somebody who was a massive collector, and mm. we had somebody. And I guess it would have been seen as edifying for kids, wouldn't it? Mm. To, I mean, to be fair, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, not if it stank. It's really weird. I was just thinking about this story as well, obviously because of the research. In my, I've always pictured the mummy as being quite small. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, like a child size, casket, not a woman, but not like a full. But actually. Having seen like the the what are they called that they Sarcophagus. go with sarcophagus? Mm. They're oh, quite they're big. big. Yeah. So that's like a big old thing and in to fact, be like in looking some ways, around. It's quite like the nesting dolls, isn't it? Yeah. That you would have several containers within. Yeah. So really big. I feel like because it was like I think it says it was like on display. Was it in the science room? Mm. So it's just really hard this story because like, in my head it's like the science room at my school, <laughs> which it obviously wasn't. With the little gas thing taps. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunsen burners. Yeah, and you like... I blew off my best friend's eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) And eyelashes. She's probably listening. I am really sorry about that. That was a mistake. (laughs) And then this really tiny coffin, like sarcophagus. Whereas I've got it completely wrong, pictured wrong in my head. The ones I've seen that are kind of the the common or garden mummies that were being sold on the streets... um, they were often just the ones wrapped in the in the swaddling, you know, oh, so not, not, not actually. But this one does say casket. It so, does say that there was a casket. You know, you yeah. would imagine this one is is. I mean, you do think immediately when you think mummy in a casket, you think to and come in, don't mm. you? I would imagine this was not no. quite that impressive. Mm. So the other thing, so going back to how like I've researched this, I've got a really soft pillow on here. I oh, know it's really nice. It's isn't like it? reminds me of my puppy. Does it? We've got lots and lots of soft furnishings today. <laughs> Recording at my house. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the other thing, so w- when I've looked in the past for this, obviously I don't have access to these archives anymore, but in the past when I have, I couldn't find anything of the um, the mummy being gifted, but I also couldn't find anything about like the haunted graveyard, which I find unusual because we have other records from mm. Great Yarmouth specifically, mm-hmm. this graveyard specifically, mm-hmm. where the paper reported like 
masses of people turning up at the graveyard because they'd seen ghosts or there was a report of a ghost there and so i think it's really strange that if this did happen why wasn't it reported on because it was the same kind of time yeah like you know it's contemporary with those other sort of reports of mass hysteria Hysteria. basically at the at that graveyard Mm. why wasn't this reported on yeah it's it is a strange one it's kind of one of those stories which is everywhere and nowhere isn't it yeah it's but like, but has been everywhere for a long time yeah this you know which which is what lends it a bit more credence in my book because if this was something you know like the book we shall not mention um that has many norfolk ghost stories in it which are all made up my sister got me a copy of that did she? Well, she asked because I actually don't have a copy. Don't of, you? Oh, no, I, do, yeah. I didn't have a copy of it. And um, my sister was at um, her favourite antique shop in Bungie, and she called me. She's like, "Have you got this book? It's got a skull on the front." I was yeah. like, "No, I haven't." No, I haven't. But I'll take it. But I was like, "It's a bit controversial, but I'll still take it." What I quite like about that book is Ghosts Shall... of the Broads, by yeah. the way. Oh, and the <laughs> reason why, um, the, uh, you know, it's a perfectly good ghost book, but those stories are made up. Yeah. You know, fine. That is fine, but don't take them as fact. They mm. are not fact. Um, what I particularly like about that is that he used his own kids in the picture of the kids underneath the water. <laughs> and I think they're kind of like drowning or something. It's like, would you do I didn't that? I that was his own but Yes, kids. his own kids. Apparently, allegedly. Nice. But um, there are a lot of reports of this and they go back a long way. Mm. So that kind of makes me think. But when I was looking back, because I was thinking, probably, I think St Nicholas in Great Yarmouth probably would be the Norfolk record holder for weirdest church and churchyard. Yeah. I mean, we have other... Obviously, we have lots of weird churches. We have lots of churches with ghosts. We have lots of churches with folklore. Loads. But, but it's normally does one. There. And this... So I went through the list. So we have, as you've, you've mentioned, a thousand people turning up to see a ghost at St. Nicholas in July 1872... So that um, definitely would be like uh, in contemporaneous, kind of, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it's the place where Elizabeth Butcher and Joan Lingwood were buried after being hanged as witches in 1584, and where they were joined in September 1645 by accused witches Elizabeth Bradwell, Alice Cleswell, Bridgida Howard, Maria Blackbourne, and Elizabeth Dugan. I like the name Bridgida. Yeah, Dugan or Dudgeon, who knows? Anyway, her. Um, they are buried to the north side of the church. Two sisters baptised at the church, accused of witchcraft in Salem. One hanged, one escaped death. Rebecca Nurse. Yeah. Um, this is the place where body snatchers stole corpses to order for scientists in 1827, mm-hmm. when coffins were left splintered like kindling and rotting corpses strewn on the ground. Um, 20 bodies taken from there. It's the Egyptian mummy, of course. This is also a local legend, which I don't think we've written about before, which is that if you circle the church three times, shouting Bloody Queen Mary, the face of Mary Tudor appears through a window. Nice. And Mary apparently, allegedly, stayed at the next door priory in 1514. Okay. Um, Three ghosts in armour riding white horses seen in the churchyard in 1922, October 1922, um, and eight people who saw them died on the the spot from shock, apparently. (laughs) Um, Saved the undertaker journey. Um, the devil's seat made from the skull and vertebrae of a sperm mm-hmm. whale washed ashore at Caister on Sea. So there was a, a seat. It's not there anymore, though, it's is so it? Gutting. Unfortunately. And they painted it, and it was there for 200 years. And apparently, it's one of those bits of folklore that changes. So in the beginning, if you sat in it, you'd die. 
And then if you sat in it, you'd have control over your Yeah, it was wife. whoever sat there first would have control in the marriage, I think. Yes, that's right, would have control in the marriage. Um, and then it went missing. So there was a... It wasn't after the church or, or the minster was bombed, It was, was it? bombed, but... And it was supposed that it was gone, and then there was a report of it being someone's gone. Oh. <laughs> so I think you missed was... one off that list. Is there another one? The man who was eaten by cannibals. Oh! <gasps> Oh my word, yes, of course he's there, isn't he? He's, um... Well, he's not physically there. He's not physically <laughs> there. They, they only hat. found his hat, didn't they? Of course. He was... Do you know, I always link him to that church in Norwich and never remember that he was from Yarmouth. That is a good point. That's but a he's, great But he has one. a monument there. He's got... A, yeah, you're right, absolutely. And, and there was, And it. there's a graveyard, a gravestone, I think. Of a of, pirate? Of a pirate. It is an incredible graveyard. It is actually really And it's nice. an incredible... Place. I saw a monk jack when I went there, and Did I you? thought, like, that's quite unusual for basically God. in the middle of town. Yeah, yeah, in the middle of and by the sea. Yeah, monk jack by the sea. Yeah. My other half used to work um, at the Imperial on the seafront, and he used to lodge with a lady who lived kind of behind the graveyard. He was so petrified because the graveyard goes across two roads, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So he would walk in the middle of the road at night so that he didn't have to walk close to either of the graveyards. He's terrified of it. So I took him on a tour, as you would. At night. A proper tour. They yeah. run them, um, the, the tourism office there run brilliant mm. walking tours through the Minster and through the... And they are so good. She knows oh, everything. Like yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is... A supernatural super yeah, church. it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, like it literally. is actually weird. It literally is. So, weird. do we think the mummy, if this did happen, the mummy is still buried there? I guess. Yeah, tipped. It's grisly remains tipped into mm. a midnight burial. Mm. Yeah, I think. I mean, there are several things about this that make me feel slightly funny inside. The, the thought that you that you bring this stuff, and of course, all museums now are climate controlled, mm. aren't they? Mm. But, you know, the thought that you bring back this, these mummified remains, which you would, I suppose, think, well, they're dried, mm. they're mummified. Um, but, of course, add humidity and damp to... Mm. I mean, it must have just fine. I guess then that happened to pretty much any mummies yeah. that were So how much over. did we lose, you know? Yeah. How much was lost? It's just awful, wasn't Where it? is that casket? Yeah, that's you know? another question. And, again, because it's a big old thing. Yeah. Because the school has actually moved from that site now. It's based somewhere else. So yeah. I, I don't know if the school know anything about it. it i know it would have been amazing to see wouldn't it and of course we've also got the fabulous mummified remains at norwich castle mm. which have got to be on the top 10 list of <laughs> weird stuff at the castle yeah. that we like haven't they the cat yeah yeah i really like the cat well do you mean the one that's that was in the wall or the actual, an actual i mean mummy? the one well both frankly but i mean the, the egyptian section mm. uh, that that used to be one of the things I used to beg to go and see, mm. that and the giant teapot. How do you feel like about Egyptian stuff being here? It's difficult, isn't it? I'd be very sad if our cat was taken away from us. But, I mean, I know that there's just been an agreement to return a whole load of mm. stuff, which seems perfectly reasonable. Mm. I'm absolutely gutted that I missed out on seeing Tutankhamun mm. when he was on tour, doing yeah. his stadium tour of the UK. <laughs> um, I, I, really was, I really wish that I had done that because I think that that would have been amazing to mm. see um it's difficult isn't it i suppose all museums have items you know it is of its time isn't it yeah. it's so hard there's so much bound up in it isn't there yeah. you don't want to i kind of feel i'm not clever enough to yeah. know the arguments about it because all. i i went to we went to the british museum fairly recently and we were having we went to the egyptian book which i'd never actually been to before 
And part of me was really excited because I find it like really fascinating. fascinating. And I always yeah. have like, yes. and I think I've mentioned on here before, like one of my projects when I was a school kid, I'm, I mummified a, a troll <laughs> in front of my class. Did you bury it? And do a presentation. You did you unwrap it? Like a Victorian unwrapping. Well, I used him as like uh, basically as a prop. So I'd wrapped him up in bandages, and I was like showing where you like stuck in the little hook to pull out the brain. You really have committed to weird from the get go. Yeah. So that was at high school, like like first or second year. Amazing. So I've always like been really. I found it. I've always found it fascinating. So when I went into that area of the museum, I was quite excited at first, and. And like, like seeing all the different animals that they'd mummified and, and like all the objects. But then when I got to actually the people, I don't know, it made me feel a bit funny. That they weren't at home. That they, yeah, they weren't like expecting to have people, people them. viewing them. They, you know, they kind of, should they be at I peace? suppose the best we can hope for is that people, you know, I'm not saying to and coming because that's, you know, different, but... Many of the people who were mummified, who were rich, would probably love the fact that they were still being, you know, adored in mm. the same way that they were in life. Yeah. I, I take your point. I mean, do I want to be mummified and have loads of people? I mean, to be fair, I'd be dead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, I suppose it depends whether you think that you, once you're dead, like, which of course an empty they vessel, did think vessel, there was yeah. an afterlife. That is the point, isn't it? That yeah. the whole reason for the mummification, the whole reason for the sending them with the stuff, the earthly goods for their afterlife was because they believed in an afterlife and they mm. believed in an afterlife where you took what you had with you. Mm. Um, you know, because we always say, don't we, there's that expression about you can't take it with you. Well, as if you were an Egyptian, you could. Yeah. And you did. Mm. And I suppose the other kind of element of this is that the, there's the mummies who were the rich people on display, but obviously, as I said earlier, they were like 70 million. Yeah. And actually, mummies were used for an awful lot of things mm. which are actually quite disrespectful to those remains. So, like... Like, tons and tons were used for, like, compost, basically. Yeah. And so were ground up. Mm. And, you know, these were, like... A lot of them were the animal mummies. Mm. But there still were, like, a real, like, spiritual and... Like, significance to people and, and were important. And they're just being ground up and spread on... Yeah. Or, and, or and used, used for paint. Yeah, paint. I think there were actual paintings of ancient Egypt done in mummy paint. Yeah. And they were used for health cures, yeah. weren't they? Really regularly Yeah, oh, and until like the late 1800s, mm. I think. It was like they were thought to have medicinal powers. And it's like... And I guess it's not just Egyptian mummies, because you don't just get mummies in Egypt. You get them from all over the world, mm. don't you? Yeah. And so all of these kind of people and animals which were, you know, buried in such a important ritualistic... They weren't just put in the ground. No. You know, they were all like wrapped and bound and everything was done with care and then they're like literally ground up and used and used to grow food and but yet then, but then does it matter because they're dead because they're dead but years later that same dust that was revered was being blamed for the so-called curse of the mummies the, the 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 howard carter one they were kind of saying that when howard carter made that first kind of cut through into the chamber literally kind of hot air was released mm. and they're wondering if that was you know something to do with the curse you know mm. not the curse but actually like made people possible Ill. toxins yeah and i think there is there is evidence that people dealing with um you know it wasn't a curse it was mm. toxins you know that you had to be careful near them because mm. they were 
obviously remains, weren't they? Yeah. And, and and you have to treat them like really breathing carefully. in or be breathing in that decomposing. Yeah, that kind of. I, I think I you know I again it's science, isn't it? You know, it's it's not our forte, but it's interesting to think about those the very same reasons that made it special and magical mm. are also the reasons that were later said to cause a curse. Mm. And, you know, and I, I think that's why this story is so interesting because we do have all those stories about curses, you mm. know, and, and particularly for us in Norfolk with Howard Carter, who, you know, was brought up here, we have that curse, which was said to have killed, I think, 16 people mm-hmm. over a set. I mean, you know, I don't think it did. No, but, I think um, it's all where people just die, don't they? It's a great tale, isn't it? It really is a great tale. But the those curse stories, I mean, there's, you know, I, I was looking at some of those. There was one as far back as 1699. A Polish traveller bought two mummies in Alexandria. So this trade has been going on mm. for centuries. Before beginning a sea journey, he was plagued by recurring visions of two ghosts. The ship was caught in storms both of which ended when the mummies were thrown overboard. Um, <coughs> another archaeologist took artefacts from the site. On the same day, his cousin died. His uncle died on the first anniversary, his aunt on the third. When he excavated the tombs of the builders of the pyramids at Gaza, he found a curse on the walls. All people who enter this tomb will, will make evil against this tomb and destroy it. May the crocodile be against them in water and the <laughs> snakes against them on land. May the hippopotamus be against them in water. The scorpion on land. It's kind of okay for us here then. Yeah. Pretty much. Unless they didn't had... ca- kind of count on people from other countries. Unless like... we popped a banum. Yeah. <laughs> Just on the day they're letting everything <laughs> out for a run. Um, and then there were lots of haunted mummies um, bought back by archaeologist Thomas Murray in 1889. And some of the misfortune that was linked to them was illness amputation although of course ours was amputated herself wasn't she mm. death relationship breakups mad dogs shattering glass sleeplessness explained unexplained noises ghosts loss of fortune and death on the titanic which if i don't say now has been disproved then somebody probably the same person who has mentioned it on everything i've ever mentioned that on <laughs> will say that that has been refuted so i'm just saying that has been refuted <laughs> particularly by the british museum which has the mummy that is linked to all of this. Okay. The, the mummy of and nothing bad Arman has happened Bra. to them. Well, yeah, probably we'll say well, this now. The British Museum burned down. It's like people link, like go, oh, it must be the mummy. But things like that happen all the time to people when mummies aren't involved, yeah. and we'll say, oh, it's a poltergeist, yeah. or it's just a ghost, or a yeah. witch cursed them. So it's, it's kind of just a coincidence, maybe that there's a mummy. There. I feel it's quite sad that we don't use that for more kind of reasons now well, oh it's a mummy yeah yeah like the pandemic's <laughs> happened well that's the mummy's, mummy's curse could be mummy's curse it could be mum. though it could be could absolutely be. you know the current economic crisis <laughs> could be that's down curse. to mummy's curse or i don't know poltergeist yeah i don't know something you know it's haunted <laughs> something must be causing it yeah exactly got, there's got to be an explanation exactly and we were talking <laughs> about it earlier about be. how folklore it makes up the, the difference between fact and fiction, doesn't yeah. it? So you have something that's happened, you can't explain it, so you make something yeah. up to, to, explain, to it. explain it. So why haven't we done that a bit more with, you know, with what's crises? We need to think on. of what it could be. Yeah. Was something moved? Has a stone been moved? Has something at Stonehenge been moved? Well, probably. They like, didn't... Well, it's like... Happen, like roadworks outside did something or get, something. Did something get moved in 2019? 
that has caused, that has caused all, of, all this. of this. I would imagine that's probably very likely. Did somebody slip a bit of mummy in their pocket when they came back from Egypt? Just fess but up. But that sort of thing is like quite common. Like the whole taking something away with you, and then there's a town in America somewhere. I've seen a ghost adventure about it. Is that the Stones? Yeah, and people who've taken, and then they end yeah. up having to post them back to the town yes. because like bad stuff seems to happen. Yes. It's quite yeah. interesting. You isn't can it? see that. Well, I told you that story when I worked at Head in the Clouds many moons ago, and then we heard that Inanna's Festival had had something stolen from them. I think it was a crystal ball actually at the time were they next to you then um no they were in this was when inanna's festival was in the arcade arcade. and we heard this that that something had been stolen there because we always used to send people to them they'd send Mm. people to us so if it was kind of like they wanted something witchy or something more esoteric we'd say have you tried inanna's festival and if they said we'd like to roll an enormous joint (laughs) (laughs) pop over to head in the clouds they can help with that yeah they can help with that (laughs) Um, and uh, so we were quite friendly anyway she had something taken and apparently and I never did verify this with her but apparently a notice was put on the door that said if you do not return this then it will bring you nothing but misfortune and it was returned the next day so you know there is people are very proprietorial about what Mm. they own and and they're same word about things their country owns or Mm. their case like how we love Norfolk and if people are mean about what is here. We're we can be of, mean about it. That's fine. That's different. We're from, you know, we're here not, are you? You're a foreigner. But, you know, we... It's it's that feeling mm. of it's ours. Yeah. And respect it. Look after it. Don't mess with it. And I think, quite clearly, this is... Even if it isn't, didn't happen, it reflects that feeling of we should not have been having these things mm. here. And this is what happens yeah. if you do. And And, and especially if they're not looked after well, because I can't yeah. imagine them being, the mummy being in the school was being particularly well looked after I or respected. it was in a climate I feel controlled. like it probably had pencils stuck in yeah, it and chewing gum stuck behind it. Yes. And, and just, did they have chewing gum then? No. Maybe it's just spit. Mm. I don't know. I don't like the idea of something mummified kind of liquefying. No. That's just not nice, That's is not it? Nice. It isn't. I can see why they took the decision to bury it. I can too, tipping it into a And actually, that is quite a nice... That's quite respectful, actually. They could have just, like, chucked it out. Yeah. That was a kind of weird bit in the story where it says something like they they were abiding by the, you know, the the law of the mummy, which said you had to do it at midnight. I'm like, really? (laughs) They probably just wanted to do it then so no one was up. (laughs) Although it sounds like loads of people were up. Yeah. I kind of looked through and everything was tapping, but... I think the moral of this story is A, don't take anything from Egypt. B, go to Great Yarmouth, St Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And go to Great Yarmouth, frankly. Yeah, just in general. Because Great Yarmouth has got so much. We we were just talking about it. It is, it is one of the paranormal centres mm. of Norfolk, isn't we're it? We're saying Kings Lynn and Yarmouth, Yarmouth are the two like best they places. really are. I mean, you want it to be Norwich. You really do. But and Norwich, it just isn't. Norwich, Norwich has lots of good, good stuff. It's good, yep. but in comparison to Yarmouth mm. and Kings Lynn, it's interesting that they're both like the two extremities. Mm, they are. That must have some meaning. Yeah, and you kind of would hope that Cromer would do its bit, mm, but it doesn't. Really... Bedford does. Yes, 
Oh, I went to Thetford Warren Lodge the other week. Didn't stand in dog poo. Didn't you? Had to have a wild week. Were you were you interviewed for for the face about no, Bigfoot not this time. like last time? <laughs> that was like that last time I was here. The face were talking to me about <laughs> Bigfoot, and then put us in and, and yeah. Um yeah, but no, it was really nice. I it enjoyed it though a lot actually. And Pino I was making went for a walk around. Far more kind of out and about. Yeah. For those who it? don't know, Peanut is my new dog. Yeah. So Shifra is now leaving the house. Yeah, it's and great. Where else did you go? Warham Camp. Nice. Is that how you say it? Warham? Warham? I'd say Warham. Warham. But then maybe that's just because I'm posh. Warham. 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 But it was Warham. lovely there. Let's so call the whole thing really nice. off. Yeah. Going we... to, hopefully going to Tunstall tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. Oh, nice. And then maybe Burcastle if we can. What, see the, is that the bells Tunstall at Tunstall? Tunstall is the bells. The yeah. drowned bells? Yeah, so the, apparently the devil... So the church burnt down... And the two people rescued, probably the prior or vicar or something, rescued the bells. But they were two people arguing about where they were going to be kept. And while they were arguing, the devil came and took the bells and ran off with them. Oh, that and cheeky like, Satan! Jumped down like a well or a spring, and you can apparently or just his driveway just by the sound of it to yeah. get to hell. So um, yeah, but I've been That'd out be there nice. before. It's actually really nice. And That'd then I think good. we were going to walk around to Burr Castle. Oh, lovely. So, And we've got a weird plan for later in the month, haven't we? Yes. Yes. Well, we will let you know about that next time we speak. But we're Maybe off we should to... record it. Maybe we should. We're we'll off... Just see how it goes. We're off to um, adventure at the end of the month. And, uh, yeah, plans, people. Yeah. But we will, try and, we will try and record again sooner. It is a bit more of a, 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 a logistical issue. Mm. But we are still here for you yeah. and your weird And ways. we will still keep podcasting. We will. Just sporadically. <laughs> I'm trying not to say the last word, so can you? Okay, I'll say the last word. Bye!